Because you want to live in the forefront of your times, in ideals and in sacrifice, you have elected this. Live from Mad Rivers Boulevard, it's Paul and Ray! Hello, pretty lady. I'm fresh from Splendor in the Grass, P. Murray, oh. and I'm never going to another f***ing festival again. <laughs> Finally! Oh, my God. Listen, I've known for a lot of years that I'm no longer festival ready. I've got no interest in festivals anymore. They're too long. I, mm. There are no seats. Mm. You know, we went and saw John Farnham at a winery. Perfect. That is my idea of mwah, a good night out. This is it. Something where, you know what, you can yell and scream, but you're sitting down. Exactly. And then we go home to a nice place that we've rented for the weekend. We have a shower. We go. We, hold I mean, hands in front of a fire. We hold hands. We eat some nice food. It's a very civilised affair. Correct. Splendour in the Grass was like a festival meets Tough Mudder. But is this But is, is this not part of its charm? Is this part of its marketing? It's basically saying, look, you're roughing it with everyone else who's roughing it. It's sort of a Woodstocky feel. Yes, but this is how I know I'm past it because I don't see the charm anymore. Yeah. All I see is people flipping around in the dirt and mud mm. having a great old time and I don't think, oh my goodness, how carefree and delightful. I think to myself, get in the flipping shower. Yeah, come on, guys. Come on, grow up. Do you know the bacteria that's in that thing? <laughs> exactly. You're just running around with your Dettol wipes. My great problem is my yes man tendencies. Yeah, well, this is this, but hang on, this is this is one of the great things about you. Mm. Uh, do you want to go skydiving? Yes. You've got a mortal fear of heights, but bugger it, let's exactly. do it anyway. Yeah, do you I... want to go see Duran Duran at Ayers Rock? Yes. Sorry, Uluru. <laughs> Come on. Be respectful. Come on, we're going to get emails. <laughs> and we're being very respectful now because we will discuss the Adam Goods issue <laughs> a little will. later. And Rach and I are in perfect sync. <laughs> Perfect synchronicity here. But here's the thing. I mean, the thing I don't get about the festival world Mm. is that I thought the only thing that got you to the festival was a massive act. You know, like the first time the Chili Peppers have ever played in Australia is insert big day out. You know, great reference from 1992, but still. (laughs) Um, Who was the big one? The big one was Blur Uh uh, coming back for the first time in ages. Florence and the Machine, another one that's big. But the issue with the big headline massive acts is that all 27,000 people want to see Florence and the Machine, so you're squished up and everybody's muddy and hot and if you're in the middle, you can't get out to go for a wee. But also, dare I say, it's at the time of the night where, you know, once you hit a certain age, insert whatever that is, Mm. uh, you can't be Oh, cannot be The phrase that covered my entire participation in the weekend at Splendour in the Grass was can't be Just (laughs) honestly, thing after thing, just can't be you know, I could distantly hear a band when I was standing at the at the bar. That was enough for me. I didn't need to be standing up there. There were plenty of things that I did see that I just wanted to mention just to go through. Cleanse um, your soul. Cleanse my I mean, soul. I mean, now that you're breaking up with, let's be honest. Okay, yeah, I'm You are breaking up. up with, so imagine, okay, so imagine we're having coffee yep. and I'm a festival. Okay, I'm breaking up with you. These are the reasons that I'm breaking up with you. But, but no, 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 I know well. we've had good times. But I, I know brought we've, Blur out for I, you. I understand you brought Blur out for me and don't think... It wasn't sneaky sound system. <laughs> what happened to them? <laughs> I don't know. Is that the one that Fuzzy came from? No. <laughs> there is a woman, Connie, who looks a bit like Fuzzy from MTV, but it's not the same person. Okay, right. Is Fuzzy still around? Uh, Fuzzy the MTV VJ. Yeah. Yes, I believe she is still it's, around. The concept of the VJ, I think, is oh, we're man. past that. We're, we're absolutely we're past that. We're way past that. We're way past that. So, Although I, I like chit-chat. Yeah, well, I like chit-chat. He's because still getting a run. But what he? I love about him is he actually tells music stories. Mm. But the thing is with chit-chat, I haven't seen the guy in ages since we worked with him at Triple M. Oh, hang I'm, on. So well, you're breaking up with me, but now you're talking about other men. <laughs> no. 
I'm confused. I'm is just... there somebody else in your life? I mean, I'm a music festival. Is, what, what else is in your life? Is there a busker? Are you cheating on me with a busker? I've taken a step down. But I was going to quickly say about Chit Chat, you know, how far removed from when you were in it can you still tell stories? Because I feel a bit like that with radio. Yeah. You know, I, it's been a couple of years now since I've done a full-time radio gig mm. and I feel a little like I'm dining out on stories that are about seven years old. You do get that feeling, don't you, where you just sort of go, Whoa, what's sort of the glory years? Am I starting to glaze people over here? Yes, yeah. You, like I don't want people to think you're falling asleep at night crying, going, you know, why can't I do a speech? <laughs> but it is a rather important field of reference. Yes, it is indeed. Yeah. So, okay, first of all, this is why I'm breaking out with you. I don't want to go to another event where there is a glitter tent, where people go purely for the sole purpose of going and getting glittered. Have you ever heard of the term putting glitter on a turd? <laughs> A way of shining up the festival experience. We could have shone the whole joint in glitter and it still would have There's been shit to tent. me. There is a glitter tent that people go and just go to get glittered. This is shit. It's so shit, right? It's rubbish. It's rubbish. Like if it was stripper glitter, that's different because <laughs> you also smell like coconut. I'm also breaking up with you because I don't want to see one more DJ. Is this how you actually do it? I'm also breaking up with you because. Yes, yes I like just have actually- a list. <laughs> I'm also breaking up with you because I don't want to see one more DJ try and work out what to do on stage, moving around yeah, yeah, when yeah. all they're doing is turning knobs. Correct. Especially when there's a computer telling them how many beats per minute this is there it. is. And I'm... that's the worst is, is that, you know, okay, the old-fashioned, you know, bloke with the with the vinyl, good luck to you. Mm. But when you see, essentially, somebody just turn up and open up a MacBook, you're going, <laughs> you're just pressing play. Yes, but they're still twiddling things because they want it to look like they're doing something. Shit. Just not interested in that anymore. Uh, I'm also not interested in people that wander around dressed as things like burritos. Hang on. When I've worn a costume for a Christmas party, two hours, novelty gone. This is a three-day event. Yeah, we had Teletubbies. There was a hot dog walking around. There was a burrito, a carrot. Okay, but isn't this all just, in the era of look at me, Mm. is there expectation that everyone's going to come and take a mad selfie with the burrito guy? Yeah, of course it is. And then the burrito guy just gets a bit handsy. Because... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because at a festival, burrito arms. that's it. You're the celebrity. I tell you where the lead singer of Blur is. I can't remember his name, Damon somebody. Old mate. old mate. I tell you where old mate ain't. In the mud. He's out the back in the very exclusive AAA bar section yeah. where only the top tree, they, they ain't coming out. So the celebrity is Burrito Man. But also, I think that it's similar to, uh, if I'm I mean, not in defence, I'm happy if you want to break up with me. I mean, I've got 27,000 other options in that crowd. <laughs> so I'm sorry, you've broken up with me, but okay. Is it, <laughs> it's the one guy who feels guilty about an Annabelle Chong movie. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Paul and Rach. But still with the festival thing, though. Okay, you've broken up. Fine. Yeah, so I will now over. play the part of me. Okay. If that's okay. <laughs> Could you? Really? I'd love it if you'd just be festival for just... the whole world. Festival, what do you think about the Adam Good saga? Well... <laughs> Um, the tent experience. Because, look, there'll be a lot of people listening to us who are great lovers of camping. There is a difference between fair income camping and festival camping, mm. which is this, again, you've got this sort of massive cesspit of people mm. in a fairly sort of untraditional, non-traditional place to actually pitch a tent. I'm not anti-camp. I love camping. Fantastic. Do you put legumes on the end of sticks like marshmallows? <laughs> You should see me when I camp. It's a sad state of affairs. Like you, you've just brought all the poached eggs. Cooking quinoa on the campfire. I'm doing it all. And what's your snack? Are you just snacking on uh, not just the corn chips? I reckon you're going to break out and do the uh, beetroot chips. Oh, yeah. And hummus in the ice cooler, naturally. 
so I love camping, but the issue with the festival camp, particularly at your, your splinter in the grass when it's raining, our tent had not just water views, but it was waterfront. <laughs> you know, there was just a gigantic mud puddle that yeah. I bought a pair of gumboots and I went the mid length option because I, to be honest, I had to wear them on the plane and there was a bit of fashion involved in this, ah, but also practicality. I almost had bought too short because the mud puddles were so deep uh. that you were actually mid calf mm. most of the time. But you know the real the real measure of adulthood when you realise that you've absolutely crossed into that other side of things where it is John Farnham at a winery or nothing mm. is Susie, my friend who had brought me along, and you know we had the sort of guest passes. So Does we she have in- the same Christy Williamson. Glorious in you. my life. Like this is a this is a person who, if I could just just a day in their shoes. <laughs> Su- I love Susie to death. She's great, but she was working at That's the festival. A no. no, it is. It is. What is it about her life you don't like? Do not throw me under the bus. No, I'm not throwing you under the bus. I'm just gently pushing you. <laughs> <laughs> so Susie and I got back to the tent on the first night, and we've laid down in the tent, and there's old mate. Bloody Charlotte and her web. There's oh, a no, spider uh, in there. Now, you know I'm not a mad fan of spiders. I hate them. Susie has, to her credit, channeled Bear grills like nobody I've ever seen. She's afraid of spiders too, but she has gone in with a bit of... She hasn't even done the coffee cup over the top. She's gone in with a bit of tissue and actually picked it up and thrown it in a Ziploc bag. I was beyond impressed. <laughs> Why does it have to be imprisoned? Because it needs to be... Because we need to Ziploc it in there because we're going to keep it in the tent and we can't have it crawling out all over our faces, but then... Yeah, yeah. Can you throw it out? Outside the tent? No, because it might crawl back in and seek revenge. So hang on. So it is. is so you put it in solitary confinement yes. with no air. Yes. A Ziploc bag with yes. no air. Yes, but it's also been squished. So it's dead. So it's dead. Okay. Yeah. So, so but you've got to make the, sure. You left the murder bit out. <laughs> okay. There was murder involved. So then we get into bed and we think to ourselves, we really should check if there are any more. Thinking, of course there can't be more. So I go and pick up a bag that's in the corner and outrun two other ones, <sighs> including one with the biggest badonkadonk, big black Nicki Minaj mm. ass you've ever seen in your life, just comes out running. I mean, we were in a living hell. Oh. It was a hot second after Susie had stepped in and done the killing before I was on my phone we booked a hotel for the following night Good girl. and that's the measure of adulthood when you go you know what there was a time in my life when I thought I'm camping for two days I gotta rough it you don't have to rough it there is always credit card space for an emergency booking in a booked out town if there are spiders in your tent how does that work exactly 27,000 people are there yes where was the ho- how far away is the hotel room we got a hotel in, in uh, Coolangatta oh, so fantastic. in Twin Towns yeah, oh, one of your favourite gambling oh, oh. establishments you know, I'll tell you what if you get the chance to play the uh, 50 Lions, I think it's called, or you've got kids, only problem, or you've got only problem machine. with the great twin towns is that everything, and I mean everything, shuts at 9pm. Yeah. So we got to the town at 9pm, thought, let's just drop our bags off, have a little stroll through, mm. and it was shop after shop. At, sorry, just, oh, kitchen just closed. Yeah, oh, sorry. sorry. So then we got to the point where we were like, you know what, let's just drink our sorrows after that experience. Went to the BWS, bloody closed at 9 o'clock. Oh, no. What? We can't even drink our sorrows. So, okay, did you go up the Goldie? Did you just drive up the road to the Goldie? No, we went to 7-Eleven. Susie got a pot noodle. I got a tin of tuna and beans, and then we sat in our room and and watched me, myself, and Irene. Rock and roll. <laughs> Keep the guys up on the Paul and Rach Facebook page. We've talked a little on this podcast in recent times and, and not so recent times about... Lots of things. About lots of things. <laughs> <laughs> lots of things. 
but quite often about the audacity of the mixed business. Oh, yes. The fact that this is a business that knows no regulation of any description will flagrantly disregard rules like not for individual sale. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, clearly you know that they've gone to the biggest supermarket, yeah. smashed it all out and you go, I don't recognise this small Coke can for sale anywhere else but in your mixed business. Ditto, ditto with the 12-pack of chips. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. the many chips that come in the 12-pack at your bigger supermarket, but in the mixed business apparently they're a dollar each. Yeah, and they're all in the bowl sort of, you know, please oh. take one, 30 cents each stuff, and, and you're going, oh, and also, and they love selling a discount. On, sorry, they love selling a discount on the use by date. Oh. Going, look, the milk's uh, three days old, but we'll <laughs> knock fifty cents off. Go, no, maybe you could throw it out. There's a fucking idea for you. This is what I'm playing in. I have a delightful mixed business just across the road. You can see it out the window there. It is a mixed business slash sort of black hole. Because yeah. there's all sorts of stuff that just gets sucked into oh, this yeah. thing where you're going, okay, right, yeah, fair enough. There's you know, a packet of chips, uh, you know, a banana, whatever. And then you'll turn around and you'll see sort of some hardware stuff's oh. in there. They've got bits and pieces of every, you know, sort of trinkets that they're, you know, I'm sure an, a, an elderly member of their family passed away and left to them and they're trying to get rid of for $3. The exception to this rule, though, of the audacity, and I love the word audacity of a mixed <laughs> business, it's just so f- you, I love it. I don't mind if you are called a general store, because a general store is mm-hmm. all things to all people. Mm-hmm. Mixed business, though, it's... <laughs> mixed business sounds too dodgy to me. So the delightful people at the mixed business across the road, who... If I'm going to say, actually, before I shit-can them something positive about the way they do work... Do you think they listen? <laughs> Probably not. All right. One thing I will say is that they, I mean, they put in a day's work. They're oh. there from before I wake up to way after I go to bed, and they're open on Christmas Day. Yeah. I popped across the road to get some soy milk on Christmas Day, and I thought, you know what? This, if nothing else, I've shit-canned you a lot in my podcast, but if nothing else, I'm grateful for you for being open on Christmas Day. Okay, I'm glad that, that, that Christmas Day soy milk, but I would have been very annoyed with you if on Christmas Day you expected somebody to have almond milk. <laughs> that's another level. You know, you're just going, hang on, that's, that's, that, that, yeah. that's your fault. I I thought it was impressive that the mixed business have soy milk because that's a little bit fancy for a mixed business. But here's the thing. Do you know anyone who still buys full cream milk? Like no. if you go to anyone's, I don't know who's doing it. No. Like I used to love it and then, you know, the shape and lift and all of that mm. stuff. And I now, if I had full cream milk, it's too much. Yeah, we're getting a bit too close to the American sort of way mm. of doing things, which is, you know, you've got light, you've got half, half, you've got three quarters, a quarter, you've got, I mean, there is every single type Dirty of milk. Water. Dirty water. <laughs> you name it. But I went in to buy some dates the other day. And there was a couple of packets there of dates. I thought, oh, great. And I, I just turned it over just to see if there was a price tag because always the unpriced tag numbers you've got to be wary of because that's when you're paying $10 for a bag of dates. And I always say this, you know, whenever I've had the chance, you say to Joe Hockey, mate, you want to fix the economy? Yeah. Just go and look for the businesses that have the till open <laughs> all day. Yeah. The you tie know. joint up the road, cash only, please. Come on. Please. Rattle. Forget your multinational. <laughs> yeah. Let's go after the till open people. That's it. There's something dodgy going on out there. But I turned the, the old uh, dates over. March. Use by date of no, this year. that's ridiculous. I thought, you can't still have this stuff on the shelf, but nobody's coming in and policing them. Correct. And what do I do? I just put it down on the shelf and then some other poor sucker. And I think, I've gone and bought dates there before and that's the first time I've ever checked the use by date. I reckon my missus would be an absolute, like if they ever want to establish this Department of Fair Trading, she could be Australia's best use by cop. Really? Like she loves, like she, everything's used by checked. Like if I buy a Fredo frog, it's oh, just double check. Mm, it's a bit too close. Wow, a bit too close. Loves it. It is fastidious about used by dates. Now I grew up in a household. 
that was sadly a broken household <laughs> and uh, we didn't have a lot of money. So sometimes we, we did have milk on the use-by date. Always. Whereas in my house now, if it's within a week. Really? <laughs> like I think, I think basically my missus says, sorry, as soon as it comes out of the cow. It's got about four hours. <laughs> I reckon the use-by date in the cupboard is a phenomenon akin to the missing sock in the washing machine. Correct. I don't know how many times I've cleaned out the cupboard, but somehow, even though you clean out the cupboard, the next time you do it, you find something in there from 1993. Yeah, correct. And you think, how did this miss the last... And it's usually something like a jar of lemon butter. Yeah. And you think... <laughs> When did I buy this? And appropriate to 1993, you've got a massive Posca pen and really Rach's. <laughs> Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrach.com.au. This was around last week, but, you know, we love uh, breaking sex news. Breaking sex news. What was that? No, that was fine. Yeah, good. The couple who were in England and they were... You know, getting one away mm-hmm. in the phone booth. What? Somebody's decided to take a photo of said couple steaming up, steaming up the phone booth. Oh, and, uh, you know, there's photos of the couple <gasps> getting on the tonk and all the rest of it. Now, this is the middle of the day. What I love about this story, more than anything else, is the reaction. When caught, when questioned, all the rest of it, who cares? We were having sex. We were having fun. You know what? Great. Like, I love that. Now, Personally, I never understand who alerts the papers when they see two people having a route. Yeah. They say, whoa, 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 hang on. Isn't that just a freebie? Like you get to walk past and go, oh, that's how other people do Yeah, this is porn without the $4.95 a minute price tag. Yeah, or the heels. <laughs> I, there's a few things about this story that, I, that I'm interested in. The first is... Where the f*** can you find a phone booth these days? Correct. Good point. That's the story. That's, they bury the lead. That's the story. The lead is couple find phone, phone booth. booth. Full stop. You're listening to Paul and Rach. I have a question about... Uh, this is a question for Paulie. Que- <laughs> question for Paulie. <laughs> Just by breaking news, I want us to try and string a couple of segments together. Okay. Questions for Paulie. Thank you. No. Are we at that point now where emojis are acceptable enough for adults that you can email them to other adults that you're not necessarily close friends with? No, no way. No, no way. Oh. I mean, I, I'm an emojia, particularly when you can make dirty symbols out of some of them. I love you. Know, you do a great one. Thank you. We won't reveal them in this podcast, but it's the best I've seen it's so far. It's so good. Yeah, and all the good. variables, because you can do that. And then the thing, like a television or, a, you know, mm. or my favourite is the little face with the... Tear. Yep. Yeah, very, very <laughs> clever. Very. That's <laughs> a great way to do it. But... You know, the world of emojis, and God love it, but, you know, Julie Bishop always banging on about how much she loves emojis and mm. emoji faces, and they're going to make a movie. They're making what? a movie about emojis. Oh, I don't understand God. how. I mean, uh. I don't get what's in it. I wonder if we're going to have the same thing that we had with that In-N-Out movie that recently came out where everybody was outraged that they no. made the emotion sad fat. Yeah. You know, I wonder if they're like, oh, they've made the emoji for sad round. Yeah, that's what it is, you f- Idiots, Correct, like- but these were all the people who also got annoyed because the skin colours of the emojis, da, da, da. Well, guess what? Nobody has a perfectly round head <laughs> and you can't blow love hearts. <laughs> no, that's very true. Well, I'm sorry. Just- <laughs> you actually, it's, so it's all relative. But this is the thing. They are a communication between the familiar. Yeah, I think so too. But I also feel a bit like I'm um, communicating via chiselling on a stone tablet when I do emojis the old school way, like semicolon parentheses. You know what I say? What? I say renaissance texter. Ah, 
Ah, uh, yeah. See, even when I have the emoji, and for a long time I was doing that because I didn't realize, old mate, tech genius over here, that there was actually an app that you could put to get actual pictures. And every time somebody send me those emoji pictures, I'd be like, why is everybody, how come they've got an iPhone that does that and I don't? But also, please, uh, feel free to tell us how this works. Uh, I'd like to add more emojis mm. to the, the selection that I have. And I've downloaded apps and done all the rest of it. And apparently all you do is add an extra keyboard. It doesn't work for me. Oh. It's like my phone said, you've got enough. And that's what you're going to use. You've got your ration. I often, and I've done this a few times with, haven't, it hasn't been any kind of professional situation like an interview or anything like that or, or a, you know, somebody that I'm trying to get work with. But with somebody who I don't have a close relationship with and you're kind of semi-professional, mm. but I've been a bit jokey in my message and they're not clear about my tone of voice yet. So I feel like I need to put a winky face in there just to clear things up because context is very difficult to gauge when you don't know somebody on the other end of the line quite often. Well, this is, this is the area too. I've always probably overdo this where people that I think either haven't heard from me for a while or potentially I'm thinking they mightn't even have my number in the phone anymore, I will always sign off PM. But I always think that's a nice little way because let's avoid the awkwardness of, who is this? Well, this is the thing. I actually had somebody text Especially me today. Especially with the iMessage, you know, because there's all the mm. different things that come up. I had somebody text me today after seeing me on the Today Show, and I thought this exact thing. I happen to have his phone, his number still in my phone. I honestly haven't spoken to him in years. I've had absolutely zero contact. And I thought to myself, thank God that phone number is still in there because even though there is no reason for me not to feel bad because we haven't spoken in so long if that had just come up a random number and he didn't sign off his name I feel like there's an unrealistic and unfair expectation from the person sending the message that you will still have their phone number in your phone if you haven't spoken in three years and that's my thing is that if you're not in regular contact or you know there's some people who um you know might be a little higher than you in the totem pole Mm -hmm. or they just they're not quite as familiar with you, even though you might have spoken two, three months ago, you just go, okay, it was sort of a quick one-off chat. Yeah. Um, you've got to put this at the end. It's simple. It's two letters. I feel like there's an arrogance associated, though, when you don't put it there and I you agree. assume that people... And then if you have the audacity, again, to drop that word in, to tweet, to text back, who is this? And then the attitude that... Oh, so you've forgotten my number. Oh, so you've deleted me. No, I mean, I got on with my life. Correct. But this <laughs> is my thing. I don't ask the question. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll always... If somebody if somebody sends me something, like, I'll try and tease yeah, something tease out of them. Because I, I can't... I don't have the balls to confront that directly. Sorry, who is this? Yeah. I the, just can't do it. The great problem with that, though, is if you get in the rabbit hole, um, which ends in yeah. the, you know what, we should catch up this week. Are you sure. busy? And then all of a sudden you end up in a bar with no idea of who's turning yeah. up. Oh, oh that's my ex-boyfriend. <laughs> get the guys up on the Paul and Rage Facebook page. Even though this podcast from time to time may be filled with its own levels of outrage, I'm sort of a bit done with internet outrage at times. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's an example of it that's around today. A customer who went, you know, burko, because the mannequins at Topshop... Oh, are too skinny. Too skinny, too tall, unrealistic, la, 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 la. My attitude to mannequins has always been they're not real people. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not intimidated that they're thinner than me, no. taller than me, no. happier than me. No. So it's like to me, they're just an example of and here's how the clothes look in 3D. Unless they're Kim Cattrall in Mannequin where they come to life. <laughs> 
try and end up a real person. They're just a manufactured body type. I've never, ever in my life walked past a skinny mannequin and thought, oh, my God, I'm too fat. I tell you, but too fat for what? This not non-human? Correct. I tell you, but there is one little thing, though. If we're going to talk about size and all the rest of it, the thing that royally shits me mm. about the world of, uh, of retail, royally shits me, is that I would be a double XL, but, of course, because... Things are skinny cut. The double XL is like you put it on and you go like this is tighter than it, you know a wetsuit and yeah. you go this is my dream weight yeah and this is double XL <laughs> for someone my my greater issue which is I don't expect ultimate consistency but for f- sake double XL should not be as tight on a human being who is a genuine double XL mm. as a bandage yeah. to try and get rid of a snake bite. <laughs> You know what I mean? A I've, pressure bandage. <laughs> I've gone to a specific store, which I won't mention. It's called Vanity Sizing. Oh. And it's about making their sizes bigger so that somebody who would usually be a size 14 mm. is actually uh, in their vanity sizes a size 8. No, this is delusion sizing. It's completely delusion sizing. So I went in and sort of put on a size 8 mm. and it was like a giant balloon. And I'm thinking, hang on a second, then I got down to a size 0 in wow. this thing. And I'm thinking to myself, when you think you're a size 0 in one brand and people, women, there are a lot of women out there that are really size conscious. I couldn't give a rat. If I'm a 12, if I'm a 14, if I'm a 20, whatever. You're perfect. (laughs) Thanks. But the problem is... Teardrop perfect. (laughs) Some women... Flapjack. (laughs) Some women... (laughs) Don't pay out the left one. It's not... It's really... (laughs) Is it like you're winking? (laughs) Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrach.com.au. How about the fact that 50 cents hasn't got 50 cents to rub together? Oh, this... (laughs) But this is this is Alan Bond levels of bullshit, though. Yeah, like you're still driving around in you know oh. a, a Bentley. Mm. I've got no money. <laughs> he's thing- not English, but anyway, no, he's not. But he, I- that'll do. The issue is that he released a sex tape to get back at a friend of his. A sex tape of this person's girlfriend. Classic. How is this on your to do list Classic. of getting back at people? But if you wanted to get in the other person's head. And you had a sex tape of their new girlfriend. Mm. And for whatever reason you wanted to get back at them, wouldn't you just send a single still image to the bloke directly saying, good luck? I mean, I well, don't... What does the world have to say? Oh, I don't know. I don't get it at all. But with 50 cents, and I just would like to flag the fact that I did call him 50 cents at the beginning. Like, I'm becoming my father. <laughs> um, but 50 cent, he's declared bankruptcy because apparently old mate, whoever the one that's girlfriend got re- released on the video, wants $500,000 in damages. And he said he's what only got $450,000 to give. So therefore... Bankrupt. B- bankrupt because he's minus 50... Th- 450 $50,000 in your bank is not bankrupt. Yeah, correct. You know, that is well off. Yeah, that's flush, baby. You're doing <laughs> yeah. all right. Well, see, also in sex tape world, uh, I don't know if you've seen the Hulk Hogan stuff around this week, no. but Hulk Hogan um, was in a sex tape. Who's it with? Well, this is this is where we get into the weird. This is where we get into the, the reads of all of okay. this. The sex tape is with his then best friend's wife. What? But here's how the sex tape worked. He didn't know he was being filmed. Someone had set up a camera, the best friend was cool with him having a shot at his missus. She says, great, let's get into all of this. Somehow, the tape ends up on the internet. He has been completely scrubbed 
from WWE history, been sacked by them, all the rest of it. From history? Not because of the sex tape, but literally, he's gone. There is no references to him. It's like he committed... He made the WWE. Correct. He's completely gone because apparently he was dropping a few N-bombs in one of these sex tapes. Now, the N-bomb, not cool, but it's not like he walked out on a radio show and said... uh, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to destroy my career. <laughs> yeah. He was saying stupid things while having sex with his best mate's wife, thinking that it was just between them. Was he calling her that? No, no, no. He was speaking about his daughter, saying that he hopes that if she was to marry an African-American person, it would be a rich person. But I'm... Hang on, but this wasn't in the sex tape. No, apparently it's part of the, the play. Is I don't know how this conversation comes up that you're talking about your daughter <laughs> while rooting your best mate's <laughs> missus. <laughs> That's, I mean, talking about burying leads, yeah. this is the issue. But correct. Anyway, but it's, but it's all come out because he's trying to sue for $100 million. Can we move on to another issue, which is blokes that don't mind their best mates having a crack at their missus? Bizarre. I had a friend of mine, uh, and this is going back years when I was 17 and my boyfriend played in a cricket club and hooey, the stories that I heard as a young girl would make your toes curl. Good. One of the guys that he played with, he also played in a footy team okay. and one of the members of the footy team, their wife had had a sexual fantasy where she sleeps with the entire footy team. So he said no dramas oh, come on. and brought the wife into the change room at the end of the game oh. and she lived out the fantasy with all the blokes while he was in the room. Oh, come on. That is broken. That's so wrong. So wrong and so disgusting. And I'm going to beat this, but my mate, or I haven't seen him in years, but the guy at the time said to me, I went <laughs> You're listening to Paul and Rach. Very quick question for Paulie. Thank you. In addition to the earlier segment, but I mean, we can do more than one question for Paulie segment. Well, good save. Um. (laughs) Flawless. Flawless. If it was ice skating, you just fell on your ass, cut off your hand, but you got back up and. Kept on going. Keep going tall one day. Pirouette. You know I have an issue with, with people who ask stupid questions in interviews of celebrities. Mm-hmm. Why are people persisting with interviews with celebrities with doing the shoot, shag or marry Oh, thing? really? You know, still? Still. People still. are doing this still? I heard it on the red carpet the other day. I've heard it plenty of times on radio shows that are going at the moment all mm. the time. How is this even mildly entertaining? But also, it's this thing where, why does murder have to be an option? <laughs> yeah. Like, shag and marry. Yeah. But also the controversy, well, the controversy. Yeah, that insert celebrity says they would... Shoot somebody. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they're actually, you know, they're not on the witness stand. It's a stupid scenario game that just is so boring. Now, we talked about it before, but have you been caught up in, in Amy Schumer mania that it seems to have rocked parts of the media, but then other parts of the media say she wasn't that crash hot and nice. At Splendour in the Grass on the weekend, we were um, in the sort of artist's uh, bar area and I've we've sort of done a quick walkthrough and when I see celebrities, I usually look straight away from them because yeah. I, I'm not much of a starer and I also know everybody has peripheral vision and it's annoying to be stared at. So usually I very swiftly look away. There's also a small part of me that unless I'm a genuine fan, I don't want to look because I don't want to fuel... Yes. 
yes. ego. I'm just exactly. going, you know what? Good luck to you. I'm not anti you. I just, I'm not adding to you're amazing. That's a big part of it as well. So I've walked through the bar and seen Amy Schumer or who I thought was Amy Schumer. And so I've come out and sat with the, some, my mates and I said, oh, it's funny. Amy Schumer's in there. Now, one of my friends is a big Amy Schumer fan. I mean, she didn't even take a breath. She yeah, was up yeah. like a shot in there. Gum boots and all. Gum boots and all. She was in there for the best part of 45 minutes. I thought, <laughs> oh, wow, she must have found her and had a chat with her and gotten her an autograph or whatever else. And then we sort of wandered in back into the festival bar and we sat down at a table next to the person that was Amy Schumer and I, you know, didn't look at her again and sat at the table. My mate Steen said, is Amy Schumer sitting at that table over there? And I said, yeah, yeah, it is. He goes, you are not only not on the court, you are playing a completely different ball game. Well, it was one of the Williams sisters. <laughs> I turned around and it was just a fat girl with braids. Oh! <laughs> I was so far off. It was not even funny. And my poor friend, who still hadn't come back to us, was still looking for Amy Schumer. (laughs) Get the guys up on the Paul and Rach Facebook page. All right, no more mucking around, Adam Goods. Oh, come on. I'm on the wrong side of the outrage machine, and I'm so glad again that you're here Can with I throw me. 110 kilos right <laughs> behind your effort? Please do. This is a beat-up. Oh, massive. See, here's the deal. Okay, Adam Goods is booed quite frequently. Now, there's, I think there's a few reasons why he's booed. Is there some person who decides to go him because he's Aboriginal? Probably, but mm. I can't pretend that that's not part of it for some people. Yeah. But... There is something rather uniting here that makes me sort of think it's not quite as racial as some people are making out. One, he's a very high-profile player from the visiting team. Yeah, exactly. So when you go to Perth, they boo the best of the visiting team. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, the player that if they played for you, they'd be the greatest ever, but otherwise, (laughs) rodeo. But also, here's the second issue. This is the absolute disqualifier, and anyone at a barbecue this weekend who wants to say, oh, it's it's, 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 it's terrible, they don't boo the other Aboriginal players. Yeah. So this is the thing. Even in that game, so even the Sydney Swans has other Aboriginal players, they don't boo them. So is it racial? No. It's him. Something about him people don't like. Is it great to sort of consistently boo somebody? No, it's not spectacular, applaudable behaviour. But at the same time, this marriage of the boo and racism is just ridiculous. What it is is pack mentality. It's the sheep thing that goes on at sporting matches where if one person hears like, oh, you know, they're talking about booing all the time in the media, let's boo. Then one person does it, then 10 people do it, then 20 people do it. Next thing you know, the whole side's doing it. It's just not that racial. But also, there are... I say too is that when you decide that a behaviour is taboo generally people will buck against that exactly as you're saying but also it's this issue too where and and I think this is all part of it too is that there's so many people in the media who use this issue to sort of show off I'm not racist yeah but the Sydney Swans have given him a few days off to deal with the emotion of being booed isn't the more admirable thing is to say I will show my strength by powering through this yeah if there are people in the crowd who have a go at me because I'm Aboriginal well that's ridiculous yeah those people are ridiculous but I'll see you on Saturday sort of feeds the whole machine yeah and look he has been through some stuff where look people have said you know horrible things you know the the fan who called him an ape yeah Yeah. all of that I mean all of that is horrible and inexcusable that's racism okay let's do stacks on with that but boo <laughs> no, nothing else yeah no no other sounds like words mm. boo 
<laughs> Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrach.com.au. Rach, where are you on animal intelligence? Hmm. Like, do you believe there's such a thing as a smart dolphin? I don't know. I think that animals are intelligent in some ways, yes. I think there's relative intelligence. Yes, but I so don't... So in a world of dolphins, there might be one that's slightly smarter than the other, but yes. the idea that they're going to be able to, I don't know, you know do a Rubik's Cube... Program a computer or something. Difficult with a blowhole, but still. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think they're probably smart in comparison to other dolphins, but I don't know, you know, I mean, whether they can open doors if left to their own devices. Correct. The opposable thumbs argument is generally, you know, yeah. a great sign of evolution... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dare I say intelligence? All right, Daily Mirror in the UK. A clever canine who can solve math problems could be headed for superstardom. Cooper the brainy Shih Tzu sorts shapes and recognises numbers and has been deemed smarter than a toddler. This always smacks of those psychic octopus things where they put two teams into a tank with an octopus, both of which contain food, and it goes to whichever one. Like, have they just covered each of these things in PAL or something? It's also this thing too. One one of the examples of the apparent intelligence, the genii Mm. of this Shih Tzu, is, you know those... um, Sort of like like lunchbox things with different shapes on the top, you know, a, uh, a, a square, a triangle, a circle, a heart, mm-hmm. and then there's the little plastic thing that you drop. Oh, you pop it through. Through, okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I failed this test for a while, but still, <laughs> yeah. the dog is able to do it. Now, dare I say this, rather than being a genius, perhaps it is just learnt. Because, no doubt, before the camera was cracked out, this happened a few hundred times. Oh, well, this is it. How many dog treats has this little canine been given? You know, popping the right shapes and the right thing before all of a sudden they're ringing round to Guinness Book of Records saying that this is a naturally talented dog. Yeah, after four years of training it to put the damn heart-shaped thing in the heart-shaped hole. Correct. I mean, look, I am terrible at maths, mm. but I reckon I've got a dog covered. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon there's, there's a chance, there's a chance. But it, it, it also screams to this idea of, you know, the YouTube phenomenon. There's a very cute video doing the rounds of a little six-year-old girl who's super cute and she basically can, you know, whatever the object, throw it behind her and get a trick shot. Like, so she can take a uh, you know, roll of toilet paper, throw it, and it lands on the, the holder. Right? Oh, wow. It's pretty cool, right? Wow. So okay. you watch the video and you go, well, this kid's amazing. This, this kid's fantastic. And then, you know, because now 7 million people have watched it and gone, how cute, how amazing, the parents have also now put up another video, which was all of the outtakes. Of course. It's like a selfie. Do you know how many selfies are on the floor for those one perfect Gen Y selfies? At the, I, I saw a lot of this going down at Splendor in the Grass, as you can well imagine. Yeah. Oh, hang on. No, 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 just again. Groups of girls with, with the upward angle hands up and especially here's your great dilemma when you've got more than one person involved in the selfie then Jan might reckon she looks super hot but Candace over there thinks she looks rubbish so better take another one if you've got five people in a group you don't have any permutations you want to talk about maths and combinations there are until every single person of those five thinks they look hot that hot matrix I mean you could be there all day so that's why you have a glitter tent (laughs) (laughs) want to stay in touch head to the website paulandrach.com.au And that's our little podcast for this week. Thank you very much for listening. Check us out on Facebook. Just go searching for Paul and Rach. Um, Look, sorry, we don't have any billboards around town, but... uh Jesus, is there a radio show that doesn't have a billboard at the moment? I know. They're everywhere. Everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. And you know what? All fairly nondescript. Yeah. Including the ones that are sort of meant to be funny and I just look and go, I don't understand. You know what we should do is we should... Rent one billboard. No, I think we should start to take up space on the missing person's milk carton. 
I think we should just get a Paul and Rach photo shoot and then just take up missing person space because it should because it shouldn't be used for something more important yeah. like actual missing persons. I'll let you call Triple O first <laughs> okay. and report us as missing. I'm going to say something that I don't usually say. Uh, usually, Paulie does this business, but why don't you head to iTunes and give us a little rating? Good girl. Ah, Good girl. See if Rach. Okay, here's the deal. If you give us five stars, Rachel will send you a kiss. Yeah. I will. Like, you have to imagine she's doing it. <laughs> yeah. get complicated. Mm-hmm. There's an early one in anticipation of your five stars. And mm-hmm. there's another one for even doing a rating. Oh, thank you. I so like that little... Love. Yeah, the after bit. <laughs> the after bit of the kiss. That's very cute. Uh, okay, it's time for Rachel's story time. Yeah, Dirty Stories, Picture Magazine, code word is uh, Schumer. Schumer. I want you to say Schumer. Okay, Schumer is much better than pink eye, which was our safe word last week. If you haven't heard the podcast, please go and listen to Storytime last week because, my goodness, that was nowhere near a safe word. (laughs) All right, today's safe word is Schumer and the story is going bush. (laughs) Fantastic. Me and my girl love bushwalks. It's a real treat watching her walk the trail in front of me, her cute little ass getting all sweaty in her tight khaki hiking shorts riding up her crack. Brilliant. Brilliant. A wordsmith is at work here, Rach. We often pick a trail where we can have a swim and time it so we hit there in the hottest part of the day. This one hike we'd plan to get to where the waterfall empties into a rock pool at the bottom of a cliff for our midday break. This seems a little bit too sort of bilotti for yeah. a... <laughs> It is a little. For a picture, Mag. This is a bit David Attenborough. But I've noticed a couple of weeks, the, the newer version, they take a long time to get to the sex. They do. Like a lot of setup, and you're going, no one cares. Mm. This is not a magazine of subtlety. <laughs> It was hotter than we thought it would be, so we were both lathered with sweat by the time we called a halt, and we were that hot and horny, we tore off our clothes and jumped in. We were just fooling around, splashing each other's, but the sight of Tracy's big double D's and rock hard, what was the safe word? Schumer. (laughs) Schumer's soon got my old fella rearing up despite the cold water. I don't even know what I'm schumering anymore. (laughs) Tracy started schumering me off while I schumered two schumers and schumered her little Schumer. She wrapped her legs around me and I tried to Schumer her standing up but the slippery rocks on the bottom made it too hard so I Schumered over to where it was Oh, so I led her over to where I was going to say, hang on (laughs) What source are we covering up there? Walking? (laughs) Shimmering? Moving? I, I moved over to where it was shallower and I could get a grip with my feet. I turned Tracy around so she was leaning forward, shumered her shumer, shumer and was just shimmering my shumer into her sweet oh, shumer when oh. I heard a big coo <laughs> Sure enough, just as my shumer hit the end of oh. her shumer, oh, hang on. a couple of hikers came around the bend and into the clearing. Me and Tracy were both too far gone to stop, oh. so we shumered on regardless while the hikers walked past us, both of them saying a polite good morning as they went past. <laughs> what a joke. See you next week. Bye-bye. You're listening to Paul and Rach. Love, love changes everything.